Good afternoon, you're listening to Scarroth Bay Community Radio and this is Local Media This Week, the programme where we have a look at the print media here in County Clare. This week we've got the Clare Echo and the Clare Champion and we give our take and we talk about what the papers are saying. Delighted to have our full complement of um, panellists here today. Uh, first of all, John S. John S. Kelly, you're welcome. Thank you very much, Jim. And Pat O'Brien, good afternoon to you, Pat. Thanks, Jim. And David Fleming. David, you're welcome as always. Good afternoon, Jim. Anyway, the um, local media this week is sponsored by Ruth Griffin Photography, and we're very grateful to Ruth, based in Fecal, who uh, sponsors our show and does such marvellous uh, photographic work right around East Clare. So, we normally look at the front pages of the papers. Uh, I see, Pat, there you have the front page of the Clare Champion open. And I suppose the, the main story, and it always has been the main story for a, quite an amount of time, is uh, UHL. Yeah, there's a good few stories in the papers this week, Jim. Uh, on, on a, um, uh, just a bit, the, the leading article here is Family Left Looking for Answers on Dead State. Innesman entered hospital in Limerick with non-life-threatening injury, but he left. Um, um, you know, he was he he, he died in there. So, I suppose yeah. the family are looking for answers. Yeah, and they're entitled, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, it's an awful shock to a family when someone goes into hospital for some routine type of uh, procedure, and you know, comes out. Um, well, I suppose we're, I suppose people are very worried that because the services are so stretched, that their loved ones are not are not receiving the care they might receive in ordinary circumstances, and that this could be affecting their health, and in this, the worst case of all, death. Mm. And I think you're right, Jim. I think um, they're entitled to probe this and investigate it and 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 see. But I mean. Well, this is this is this is what will happen, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I've had two experiences in two weeks of dealing with the hospital in Limerick. Mm. Okay, one personal, and the other, uh, my daughter, mm. who is still in the hospital. Okay. I would report ten out of ten, and I'm delighted to be able to say I experienced that. Mm. Okay. Because we've been given out and often enough, and mm. sometimes errors are made in what we say, okay? And um, all, I, all I can say is we must keep focusing on the quality of the actual professional care. Mm. And the, the negative experiences which families do have at times has nothing to do with the, with the professional staff at all, mm. do you know? Well, it's usually to do with how to get in there. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, the yeah. emergency department and how that is organised. Yeah. You know, and that's... Yeah. Uh, there, was a, there was a minute's silence, I think, as well, for Aoife Johnson, who died... From Shannon, who died some yes. weeks ago. Yes. And again, I think there are questions being asked her. There's perhaps some type of inquiry into how she died. Yeah, it's important. She, she was 16 hours on a, on a, on a trolley. Yeah. Well, I mean, do you think, again, that the seven-day opening is necessary in Nina and in 
Um, I mean, we have we have theatres lying idle over weekends. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, um, I heard uh, I heard the Tonished and Michal Martin talking about this last Sunday on on RT Radio One, yes. and uh, he was asked that question. He was asked, you know, should Nina and should Ennis reopen? Um, yeah, and he said he said no. That what what the argument is is that you have accident and emergency cannot be seen in isolation. No, it's agree. That you need the various other yeah. Departments Inputs. in a in a hospital, yeah. you know, yeah. plastic surgery, all the various mm-hmm. anesthesia and all of that, um, and they, we don't have all of those departments in Nina or in Ennis, mm-hmm. but but there is a crisis going on, and what they've actually done, which I think is uh, clever, they've reopened them as a sort of an assessment unit, so to relieve pressure from Limerick, you can now go to Ennis with certain ailments or what you can be sent probably to Ennis. Yes to relieve pressure and you can be assessed because a lot of cases don't get admitted. I don't know what the percentage is. You wait around. Now, John, I'd say in your case, you were sent straight to the particular department and you bypassed accident and emergency. In many cases, the GP will send you, not knowing what the issue is or knowing that there could be a potential problem, but that you have to be admitted through accident and emergency. The problem is the wait. And do you need a bed or a trolley while you're waiting to be assessed. And how seriously ill you are. And how seriously ill yes. you are. I don't know what the percentage is, but a significant percentage is that they're assessed and they're told, you can go home now and this is, go, this um, is what you need to do. And we should be fed that data. We should, yeah, we you should. The, um, Shouldn't we? And we should, of course, and, and the new consultants contract we should have seven or seven days a week and because people do have to wait around then until the consultant comes in it might be saturday you're assessed they're off on the sunday and they're only back on monday i've heard yeah. cases like that but it's interesting on page two of the champion gym um crow deputy crow cottle crow one of our tds um said it's time to own emergency department mistake publicly and he's talking about as he now calls it the mistake in April 2009 when Ennis and Nina hospitals closed so he's he is contradicting the Taunashta his party leader there mm-hmm. um, now the Taunashta said that that wasn't a political decision uh, that that in effect the 2009 decision was a decision based on the medical advice that the doctors and consultants said this is the way medicine should work but actually, it hasn't worked. In an ideal world, it should be working like that, that there should be this centre of excellence with all yeah. these medical departments, just like that they're building the children's hospital now yeah. in Dublin and you have all these related, and uh, maternity hospital, yeah. near um, general hospital, so that you have all these facilities. Yeah. But we know it's not working. So it needs... Timmy Dooley now is very strong on that this, this, this week, mm. OK? Very strong. And uh, Timmy would remember the... Um, the year that that decision was taken. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, I'm sure you could throw some light on what we... Last week there we, we, we committed as well about the headline. Um, committing on a headline in last week's Clare Champion, um, citing UHL as a centre of dead father, Harry Bohan said he was in UHL last week where he witnessed nurses and doctors giving the warmest care with a smile. The patient I called to see was full of praise for the care he was receiving. Yeah. We all know there are problems in the new HL with 
overcrowding would put the college at center of it. When there was so much care and love going on, there seems to be harsh. Mm. Yeah, and I think that was the general opinion we yeah. arrived at last week yeah. as yes. well. So he yeah. probably misjudged it. It could, of course, be just passion, mm. and he wasn't fully thinking about. I uh, hope that would be it. That would so be the are we view. are we saying then that let's open if if our advice to to powers that be, let's open uh, Ennis and Nina, maybe St John's as well. Open them as twenty-four hour assessment units. Yeah. That takes the pressure off the doesn't everybody doesn't have to go to the emergency mm. yeah. department at UL mm. or at UHL. And then when you're referred then from Ennis or from Nina or whatever, you're not referred back into accident emergency, you're referred directly to mm. a department. Mm. So you're not hanging around for two yeah. or three days yeah. on a trolley. Yeah. Makes sense, Jim. The, the yeah. other thing I was just, you were saying there, that it's not a political decision. I mean, it is a political of decision. Of course, but it's not based on <laughs> politics. It's based on the advice of the medic, medics. It's yes. not a financial decision. It's not a decision. Of course, it's the politicians that have to make all these decisions, yeah. ultimately. Yeah. But, but I suppose, he, to be fair to Hall Martin, he was saying it, it wasn't based for, it wasn't on political reasons. Are the politicians but, quicker to accept the medical opinion when the medical opinion will save them money? Oh yeah, that's oh yeah. So. yeah, and in two thousand and nine, they were they did want to save a lot they of money did. because yeah. we were in dire straits. They were in dire straits, yeah. so of course they were going to yeah. seize any opportunity. But that's not honesty. No, 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 no. no. There was a, so there was a big campaign. There was a big um, uh, march in Limerick last week, and, and, and it's highlighted here on the champion as well, Jim on page two. And I believe there was a big crowd party. Yeah, a campaign of people power pledges to bring about change from Midwest. And then then it has the story there on page two. A hospital rally organiser has vowed last Saturday's march in Limerick is only the beginning of the campaign of people power and will force change in the delivery of regional healthcare. Mike Daly, who organised the protest with the help of the Midwest Hospital Campaign said he hoped this rally would result in the HSE opening the three EDs in Innes, Nina and St John's. For 14 years we have watched as they closed our ED robbed us of hospital beds and watched our people die on trolleys. Well, no more, no more time has come for change because we deserve better. Hmm. So there was a, a, a big crowd, I think, the biggest hmm. uh, rally in the country, and there was a few rallies around the country, and that was the biggest one. There was, yeah. And I looked there, and um, you're looking at it, David, down at the bottom of, the, of page two, where they call for pressure on politicians in the Midwest. Hmm. And I suppose uh, that is the one way we can um, bring about change. Yeah, and it, it, it's a good point. It's a point John sometimes makes that our politicians, in order, politicians are very good at getting the sound bites and getting the press release out and saying, let's own up to the decision. But it's harder for them, uh, for whatever reason, for them to take a stand and to put their career on the line. Some politicians can do it. it we, I think we might have said it, that if Clare's TDs and Senators and Limerick's TDs and Tipperary's TDs and Senators said, listen, we're not voting on government business anymore until something is done, that would have a big impact. It would. And I think that's what the, that piece you're talking about there, call for pressure to be put on politicians. 
Um, th this is in relation to the demonstration, and the, she the, the Charlotte Keane of the Midwest Hospital campaign said staff in UL UHL were overworked, overwhelmed, and overtired. She stressed the campaign is demanding that the e emergency department in Ennis, Neil, and St. John should be opened. We emailed deputies in the Midwest, and only two responded to say they are working on providing 96 beds in two years' time. Two years' time, there are almost 500,000 people in the Midwest and 530 inpatient beds are not enough. Uh, that's tiny, isn't it? Hmm. For a population of half a million and we have 530. So, uh, David, do you know that, that Professor Declan Lyons, yes. who was quoted in the article you were talking about, he was a former UHL clinical director and he says only 5% of patients who are um, admitted to E&D need critical care. care. That's your day. That's the statistic day. we were talking about that's, earlier. We didn't right. have the statistics. So we John, didn't. the eagle-eyed there has spot, only 5%. Yeah. That suggests that 95% don't need critical care Absolutely. and are released. So they, and he's saying, why are the deputies in the Midwest not calling for uh, the step, use, down beds, step yeah. down beds in the other Double two hospitals, hospitals yeah. which he's saying, and he's a consultant. Yeah. Do you know? Okay. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I mean, there's some there's something not working no. somewhere, and uh, running away from any yeah. responsibility yeah. for the outcomes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. there's also a failure to accept that it's not working, yes. and maybe to accept collective re yeah. responsibility yeah. 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 by yeah. by a group. Yeah, to me, the only was calling there for another 50 bed block should be added to us to facilitate step down treatment of ill patients after they are treated at UHL. Hmm. So I suppose uh, that's something they could. They, well, they that's even a, an, an extension of it because w w what we're get, getting at first there is that they shouldn't have been in there in, in the first the place, place. In the first yeah. occupying corridor space, yes. what have you. How can you stop that? Well, you by opening Ennis and Nida and St. John's. Yeah. to assess people before yes. ever they go to Yeah, I, I'll give you one example of, of the 95%. Uh, a couple of years back, I had to bring a student in the middle of the night. Um, he got into a fight in Dublin, an American student, and I was supposed to be looking after the class, and uh, had to go to St. James's Hospital. Never been into an accident emergency department before. And what I saw, so I was therefore very interested. I was looking at what everybody, a lot of people were drunk. Well. And you could also nearly say disorderly, because mm. they were causing a fuss. And I, so I the poor nurses having to deal with these people. Yeah. And I suspect that that's the case in many accidents and emergencies in the middle of the night. Yeah, and yeah. Mm. That's, yeah. That, that's, that's an old problem that has back along the years. I remember one time when I was hurling on this long time ago, <laughs> and I got oh. a, a, a collarbone broke. I, I broke my collarbone in a match, but I was taken into the any. And uh, taking it to the A&E in Limerick anyway, but I was inside anyway, and Jesus had an awful pain in my shoulder, but anyway. Uh, a crowd of, 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 well, of course we can't say who they are anymore, <laughs> a crowd of people came in, and they were after being in a big fight. Mm -hmm. Two different groups. And were, and they they were, showing, still, were they showing evidence of... And they were still fighting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were, and they were, they were all blood, and they were all, they were caught, and they were all... But they were, but they were, I had to, I had to go stay back in the corner and they were, they were all out of truth and 
Ik moet achter hem gaan mogen met dit. Ja. Want we hebben een big yeah. fight over Seven Nights. Dat is een Seven Leven match. Well, Pat, you, you, I, I, I happen to be in on one Saturday night in A&D uh, a couple of years back. That's good. It's about seven or eight years ago. And um, I had, a, I had a, a recliner, what I call the one of those Trolley. uh, trolleys. Yeah. And this guy came in wheeling a girl. And uh, as they, the, the nurses were getting ready to do a triage, you know, to get, get, get slotted, he attempted to make love to her. Oh my God! <laughs> now that one, I can tell you, beat that if you can. <laughs> Honest to God. I was thinking of Johnny Cash there when Pat was talking. Yeah. The mud and the blood and the beer. <laughs> <laughs> I hope we're going to be playing that at half time. She must have been too sick, John. She must have been too sick. No, no. <laughs> okay, we've won. Uh, if I can draw in a wall of silence. <laughs> Dave's talked about you, I suppose, Jim, just as, the what? Uh, on page 10 of the, of the echo there. Yes. Dave's talked about home with Kurt Waiting List. Um, Joe Cairn says there's a new. A new um, and that's in Limerick? In Limerick, yeah. yeah. Where is that? Is that a. Uh, it's not part of the hospital, I wonder. A day uh, surgery? No. It's a separate. Yeah. It's a separate unit. It's in page 10 of the, oh. of the, of the echo, John. But uh, he believes that Limerick's inclusion among five locations for the new surgery hubs will, will significantly yeah. reduce waiting lists for day-to-day -day procedures within the next 12 to 18 months. The Limerick hub will provide fully staffed and, and equipped operating theatres in a new modular building or a re-efficient commercial retail centre. It will be separate from the existing emergency services, so it will be kept free for patients waiting surgery care by reducing the risk of short notice cancellations when the, when the healthcare system is under pressure, definitely clearly explained. So I suppose... No, it's mm. interesting. It doesn't say when it's going to be introduced, no, it's does not, it? No, it's, it's not there yet anyway. Do they say yeah. in the next year and a half or something like that? Oh, in the next 12 to 18 months, yeah. 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 Well, sure, we'll assess yeah. it then, I suppose. Yeah. Anyway, can we go on to, in the front page of the Clare Echo, uh, a wall of silence around Shannon Refugee Centre. And uh, here... Claire TD Michael McNamara talks about the growing frustration among Shannon residents for the lack of any forthcoming information from the government on the move. Yeah. And that's creating an area in Shannon yeah. and resourcing it. And of course, I suppose it's not unusual, that wall of silence. Yeah. Because it seems it, to be. It tends to be, yeah. you know, a period of silence first and then suddenly everything yeah. happens. And I don't know why government departments can't can't come down, have a public meeting, address the issues the people, that people may have, whether, whether those are yeah. valid or not, but yeah. to give, give an opportunity to address them, and then to put the resources in place. Yeah. Because I think that's what most communities are worried about. You know, will, will, will resources follow? Yeah. And yeah. I, I was listening to somebody from Roscommon, or some Balahadreen, actually. Balahadreen, there's a quite a large refugee community in Balahadreen, yeah. listening to the local GP, and he's really struggling. Now, he wasn't complaining too much, and he felt, you know, as a doctor, he needed to provide a service to everybody, no matter who they are. But he was struggling, and there wasn't much support coming his way. Uh, that's an interesting one now, the, the Balahadreen one, because that got a lot of publicity at the time. 
in, in, in anticipation of the arrival. And they had so many things put in place. Mm -hmm. The local people in Ballad, Balladrine is not a big town, mm. you know. And um, so you'd have to say communication is sadly, sadly lacking in so much yeah. of what we do. Yeah. In life, and it's a simple thing, isn't it, Jim? Yeah. Isn't it? It's it a simple thing. But to I get. suppose their idea is we're, it's better to seek well, forgiveness, forgiveness, forgiveness yeah. permission. Well, there's a bit, there's a connection, there's a big connection. permission. In yeah. other words, do it first, and then try and well, deal with the consequences afterwards. That's not good there's exercise. A, no, it's not. There's a big commercial uh, um, building in, in Shannon that they're putting the, they're, they're the, in out. It's an industrial building, it's not the building, idea. And they're fitting it out. Yeah, and why, why are the, the people objecting to the idea of fitting out a large, vacant industrial well, the, well, the, spot? The, I tell you not, John, but the, well, I see it on my phone there where there's, they're, they've called a meeting in, in, in Shannon at weekend yeah. to talk about it. And uh, the, fellow, the fellow now was very reasonable, he was on the phone, he was interviewed, and he said, uh, on the article, and he said, look what he said, we were very reasonable, we, we, we were a lot of refugees into hotels and yeah. everywhere in China. Yeah. And he said, we have no problem as long as we're told what's going on, because we, we haven't been told, nobody seems to know what's happening. Yeah. Hmm. Only that this building Ma has been fitted Michael out. McNamara, our own yeah. TV, Michael, it speaks of the wall of silence. Yes, you know? yeah, yeah. It's a good catchphrase. Yeah. Now, on a, on, a, on a related matter, yeah. uh, the Minister for Education, Norma Foley, was in County Clare during the week, and she's quoted on page 8 in the Clare Champion as, attempts will be made, and that's in inverted commas, to resource Clare schools that are hosting asylum seekers. And it kind of made my blood boil when I read it today. You know, this is the minister talking. <laughs> Attempts will be made. Yeah. And I mean, I suppose, John S., I, I suppose you maybe had similar experiences, but in primary school down the years, um, you, something has landed on you, followed by something else, followed by something else, and no resources to deal with it. Yeah. And it looks the same here that a group of, of Ukrainian students, and they're being made very welcome in the schools, yeah. and the teachers are going out of their way to make sure that um, you know, they're integrated as much as possible. And you have the minister saying, attempts will be made, when she makes the decision. But she was, Jim, she was in, in Ennis as well last week, yeah. okay, the for the opening of the extension to the uh, community college, community college yeah. there. Mm. And she referred to the number of languages that were used to actually welcome her and introducing her from students. So we had Hindu, Arabic, uh, Irish, English, French, German, and um, Spanish. Spanish as well. Mm -hmm. That is a fair multitude of, of cultures, okay? And, and she was saying as well, you see, that um, uh, the, the department is going to provide money to the communities that are actually facing difficulties, okay? There's three million coming to County Clare. Mm. And it's important that community groups that are serving the actual, um, uh, what do you call it, the, 
the, the refugees. Yes, but it's it's the schools uh, that I was talking about that, that schools. But they can't. The school is not stopping f f f schools from applying for. Uh, financial support for a particular. Yeah. In fact, it's I a glorious chance. I, I, I believe Jim, Jim's point is that really we need much more proactive language from a minister. We do. Rather than attempts will be made. The minister should be saying, I will make available the following. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. OK, we'll go on. Shannon Airport, 85% uh, of pre-pandemic pre business uh, has returned to Shannon John. Isn't that amazing? Isn't it very good? Absolutely. I mean, we have sat here and at least ye have uh, criticised Shannon. I wasn't joining that camp at all. I was always... Uh, well, no, I, 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 was, I would have to recuse myself on <laughs> <and> that as well. <laughs> but I, I'm delighted to be able to say that our patients actually held out well and, um, and that we contributed in some way to a positive discourse on um, the, how we best help Shannon to restore itself. Yes. Janice is looking at me now, but he's thinking of David. Absolutely. <laughs> well, can I say one thing, which is this. Good effort, but I'm surprised that they haven't really gone back to 100% and exceeded pre-COVID levels. The, I, I don't know where I was listening to it, but the demand for holidays abroad in this month of January has exceeded all expectations That's right. uh, yeah. across, across yeah. Ireland and, and the UK. I'm surprised that Shannon isn't doing better. Hmm. It's wonderful that they've got to 88%. Now remember, gentlemen, uh, Pre-COVID times wasn't the best time in Shannon either. Like They're starting at a low base. Oh, absolutely at a low base. And yes. they haven't yet recaptured it entirely. Now, it's great and all, but I would say good effort, much more needs to be done. Hmm. Okay, and that's, uh, I mean, and hopefully it will be done. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Jim, I think we'll, can I, I just draw your attention to a, a very, very interesting and significant uh, social movement among the farming community Yes. in, uh, in Clare. Uh, you've heard of, of Huts, men's huts, and all that kind of thing. Men's shed. Men's shed. But you didn't hear about social farmers. No, no. It's an effort to be on it, yeah. And there is an organisation now established in County Clare. It's also available in other parts of the west of Ireland. And uh, a farmer can invite you or anybody who's interested to come and spend a day or two days in his farm. It's a social. A gathering and it's designed to actually help. Will, will the farmer get a free bit of labour? He will, oh, sure but he'll get, a me he'll get a, a meal as well. Oh yeah, the visitor will get a meal oh, in yes. return for and, the labour. Yes, and coffee. It'll and be you'll like, be pulling a calf or something, will you? You could be taught how to do it. So there's a, there's a call out on the champion on page 16 of the Echo. There's a call out for um, so, uh, social farmers. It's a nice idea. I think it's a lovely idea, mm -hmm. isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's yeah. a lovely idea. Yeah. So the social f farmers in Clare. Okay. We might take it up. Yeah. If I wonder, will any far? Is, is the call out for the farmers or or for the, the farmer to actually to to host? There are plenty of of, of uh, applicants. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I see there's a, a quiz today uh, in the, the Clare Echo quiz. 
is based on Gart. Uh, and, and the questions are to do with Gart. But the other uh, page eight of the Care Champion as well is that the money is rolling in in, uh, in the, the, for the campaign for about biogas. Of the biogas, yes. Yeah. And we talked about this last week where uh, the protesters uh, or the campaigners are looking for a, a judicial review of the whole process that has happened so far. Jim, can you, can you, can you tell our listeners what biogas is? Apparently... You're all always good at science. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, apparently um, slurry and such material is collected from far and wide, yeah. brought to the... Now, I've only seen an artist's impression of yes. this. Yes. Uh, brought into large tanks. Yes. Uh, yeah. From which gas is obtained. And why, why should you object to that? I am quite sure. I, I'm not objecting to it, but then it's far enough away from me. I don't know why somebody should object. Um, maybe the smell. Um, and yet we're told that, according to the application, that there won't be too much of a smell. Yes. Now, in fairness, um, I haven't gone. And that it could be. It'll be an interesting one when it comes to court and what arguments will be made. 80,000 quid. Collected in has two been weeks. raised. Yeah, yeah. That These, yeah. Listen, the only people, Pat, who are going to win this one are the lawyers. The lawyers, yes. 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 And they're, yep. they're going to, they'll, the they'll walk away with 80,000. 80,000? No matter what happens. I'm in the wrong profession, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're, we've reached half time. Uh, our resident DJ, Pat O'Brien, uh, is looking through his notes. Pat, what are you going to present us with? to uh, go out on at well, uh, half Neil, time Neil, today. Neil Diamond was 82 on January 24. So we have beautiful noise from 1976. OK. Maybe it's the noise coming from the, <laughs> the bio Oh, I didn't know I thought you know, around the table. <laughs> <laughs> There's uh, always a lot of hot air around this table. <laughs> yes. Anyway, the great Neil Diamond with beautiful noise. It makes me feel good Just like a Coming into my room And it's begging for me Just to give it all to You're very welcome back. You're listening to Scarif Bay Community Radio and local media this week. And that was uh, the marvellous Neil Diamond, uh, 82, Pat says, recently, and um, Beautiful Noise. So, hope you enjoyed that. Mm. On part two, we'll concentrate mostly on things in the papers which are based here in East Clare. I suppose one of one which which isn't really John. We start with that. Um, that uh, item two: people in Shannon collaborate on a school book. Yeah, uh, Laura O'Brien is in Caymans, and David O'Halloran is in. St. Patrick's Comprehensive School, and they collaborated in the production of, uh, and it's just out this week, um, uh, it's a junior cycle revision book. Now, it's most different to what you'd normally get in a, in a revision book. And the, the, one example, 
if how would you put how would I put it make it uh, uh, yeah. it covers the usual material but it shows in one section what is it that um, I'm looking for now in, in, in the how, how to give an answer absolutely it it gave it gives you two two answers one answer uh, both is, is a top-class answer, 10 out of 10. And it invites you to compare it to another answer, okay, which you give 5 out of 10. Okay. And the, the, the discourse then takes place on, uh, that's where the, the education is, the conversation around why. What gives the, you that extra 5 Absolutely. marks? So if you're actually, if you've got a child in junior cert, I'd highly, highly recommend buying a copy of it. It's, it's, it's not like the old days, Kelly's Keys to the Classics and that kind of stuff. This That's is, not, you weren't the author of that one, no? No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> and is, is this, John, is the book... It's on the market now. It's, it's subject-based. It's in, this is English. English. Junior cert, higher, higher English. Yes. Okay. So it's the difference between... Just passing and getting a very high mark. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Very interesting. And that's, so that's in and the name of the book, by the way, in case you, um, it's called Junior Cycle Higher Level: The Ultimate Revision Book. It's very a long good. title for a book. Yes. But I'd say that this will sell very, very quickly. And it's on page fifteen of the Care Champion, which is the Shannon Town exactly. page. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I, Pat, you got a bit excited there during the break. You found <laughs> Willie Clancy um, somewhere on one the, on the care on the living section, is it, of the care champion? Yeah, there's, there's, um, uh, fifty years after Willie Willie Clancy is dead, um, uh, Willie Clancy's legacy and name has never been stronger. Like Joe Miller, I have take Joe has a, uh, an article here and some photographs on the on the living section. And um, so the, the Willie Clancy um, Festival in West Clare and Middletown is famous all over the world and all over Ireland and all over the world and all the musicians that come there every year. So and there's, a very, there's an element that is interested in music and, and uh, all that in West Clare. There's um, three pages, three full pages and photographs and his funeral and all that in it. So yes. it's nice to see. From Middletown. It's a Milton Melbourne, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's it's usually yeah. the Ten, first or second week of yeah, July. Yeah, first, yeah, yeah, second week of July, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So and the reason why Pat, of course, uh, is so excited, gentlemen, is that we have planned to uh, attend in force Scarif Bay Community Radio. Will we be bringing the caravan, Jim? Well, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've no doubt we will. We can move it out to Spanish Point. <laughs> we'll certainly be bringing the, the microphones and we'll, we'll hear what's going on there. So we look forward to that. Um, now, looking, I suppose, coming back to East Clare, uh, in the Bridgetown area, there are proposals for a wind farm. Um, in fact, there's a few other bits and pieces about wind farms today in the paper. Yeah. But there are proposals in, uh, but as you expect, there are loads of objections. Yeah, David, you're looking at it there. It's on page it's six, on, I think. It is, Jim, page six. Of the Care Champion. It's page six of the Champion, yeah. Yeah, Dan Danaher has the story. It's titled, Wind Farm Opponents Sound Warning Over Impact of Proposed Fahey Beg Development, and this is near Bridgetown. 
Um, it's a proposal to, um, uh, it's RWE Renewables Ireland has submitted a planning application to construct eight wind turbines with a blade tip height range from 169 meters to 176. You see these things are getting bigger and bigger and as a result can produce an awful lot more electricity. Um, but the, 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 it has attracted attention and the developer has estimated an average of 150 trucks per day. That is a total of 300 trucks passing through Bridgetown daily, which is the equivalent of one truck for every 90 seconds during an eight hour day on top of existing traffic. So they, 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 they have to do all of this analysis uh, during the construction phase. It'll be there, it'll have an operational life for 35 years if it is, um, if it is granted. But I think Pat, you know why there, there are some problems highlighted with this particular company. Yeah, the, the group has highlighted reports about environmental protests involving up to 30,000 people uh, opposing the, the demolition of Lazarit, is it uh, a former village in Germany, as RWE plans to expand its coal mine. It claimed RWE is one of the companies involved in so-called greenwashing by purchasing carbon credits in the form of forests and renewable energy projects to balance its carbon footprint on paper instead of cleaning up its act and allow it to increase its fossil fuel operations. The group stated RWE, our German, our, our German energy conglomerate, Europe's number one polluter for the last decade. Their mining operation produced a powder called Legite, which is one of the most polluting fossil fuels and power and power their fleet of coal power plants that are one of the most polluting in the world. So is this to give them a kind of a green hue? Yeah, it is. And, uh, it looks like it, yeah. Yeah, and, and people who might be following international news will have come across this, that in Germany in the last week, um, this was the small little village uh, that Pat referred to, Lutzerath, um, that, had, that is making way, it's surrounded by a big open cast mine that this company own, mm. and the, the village has been um, demolished in order to extend the mine and of course lots of people, the residents obviously objected and environmentalists. Of course Germany finds itself between a rock and a hard place because of the war and because of the reliance on Russian gas. So they've extended their power, their coal burning facilities and it does appear that, okay, you see the oil companies now as well diversifying. That's what it's called when they don't do what they used to be doing and go into other. So in, I don't know. It's a hard one. It's a hard, like one has to applaud more renewable energy. Hmm. If it's done cynically, though, as the suggestion is here. But of course, that won't, none of this will come in. You can any objector can't raise something happening in Germany as a factor or greenwashing. You have to have solid grounds for yes, objecting. Specific to the project exactly. that's in, in hand. Yeah. Okay. John, you were looking at uh, an advertisement there uh, that perhaps you thought um, oh, yeah. some of our listeners might be interested in. Yeah. Well, continue on. We'll can go we to my case. Okay, we'll come back to it again. Pat, a photograph there on page 13 of the Care Champion uh, in Tulla, where there's a proposal to build an astroturf adjacent 
to the primary school. Oh yeah, it, well it, it, um, it's on page one first Jim, there's a page, there's a photograph there of a former principal of St. McCullough's National School, Brian Chalkley, Brian O'Loughlin chairperson of Chalakamori Club and Brian Kilo pictured at St. McCullough's National School preparing for their forthcoming fundraising fashion show in aid of the new AstroTalk pitch at the school for Chalakamori Club. The event takes place on Saturday, February 18th at St. Joseph's Secondary School. And the full story is on page 13. So, um, I suppose AstroTuffs are the way forward, given, given I noticed uh, tonight, which is Thursday night, I know this is going out on Sunday, but uh, the girls of Scarif GA are training on mm -hmm. the AstroTuff. Yeah. So it does make a big difference. Yeah, and this time of the year, the, you know, the, 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 the pictures, uh, even if the new, I suppose the new pictures are good enough, but uh, I suppose the, the, the training is better than the, and the AstroTuff because it's drier. Yeah, and l lots, of, lots of primary schools now have, have developed yeah. AstroTurfs yeah. near their school. And clubs as well. And it, it you know, yeah. it, it uh, cuts down on the amount of mud being brought in does, after playtime yeah. yeah. and makes it easier for parents yeah. uh, washing their school uniforms yeah, well, and that kind of thing. So the AstroTurf project to kick off after fashion. After a fashion, major fashion show planned for a school and Kamori Club start fundraising mission. Yeah. And there's a photograph there of uh, two of the ladies again and um, uh, Lorraine O'Loughlin, yeah. uh, Brian Kilo and um, Angela Burns. We are told that tickets are selling fast, they're 30 euro um, and you can uh, also donate directly uh, to Tulla NS AstroTurf project by emailing astroturf at stmcullis.com and the phone number is given in the paper as well. I'm sure you can look it up. Well, I certainly would find it an enticing prospect to see uh, yeah. Brian Torpy parading up and down the catwalk. Yeah, well, I think we might go, we might go to that. We might. <laughs> a man that I was in school with and have known for a long, long, long time. Um, well, I'll tell you, we wouldn't embarrass him anyway. Not no. in the slightest, <laughs> no. And he's often been on Scarif Bay Community Radio. He has sang uh, from time to time. Yes, so uh, he's, a, he's an all-rounder, but uh, we wish Tulla all the best with that. John, you have found the advertisement have, we referred to a moment ago. It's a very interesting uh, ad. We normally don't refer to uh, you know, ads in the papers, but this one, Airport Security Search Officer. That's a vacancy, a series of vacancies in the airport. So anybody listening to this who is looking for work, mm. it's a very interesting ad. They are growing our airport security search unit team. The key role will provide security and protection for all passengers, staff and vehicles. Uh, it goes on and yeah. to. We offer you full uniform and training Paid training to meet national and international standards, fortnightly salary, and there are other little uh, uh, goodies as well going. If you're interested, can be male or female, send a cover letter and current CV to recruitment at shannonairport.com. Dot .ie. Dot .ie. Not yeah. later than... Wednesday what? 12 noon on Wednesday, 3rd of February. So they don't yeah. have much time. No, yeah. No. It's, it's page 29 of the Clare Echo. 29, page 29, security search officer. Yep. Temporary positions are permanent. Okay. Full training, 
and a career yeah. there for you. Okay, it's a very responsible job, very it good is. job. I know quite a number of people who work there, or a number of people who work there. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it's well worth a look if you're in the market for a job. Absolutely. Okay, so now we're, um, we've talked about uh, Tala Astro. Looking at the pictures again, uh, in, because we've, we've talked about uh, the, the mushrooming of, you know, lovely photos in the papers, Clare Champion and the Clare Echo. I suppose, first of all, looking at, um, I suppose, page, what, Pat, page six. There's a picture there, yep. and we have a connection with it. Yeah, you play six here on the on the on the Clare Champion. Uh, fundraiser goes swimmingly. Uh, it's a picture of a, of a group of ladies, and they're presenting. Um, and there's two gentlemen in the picture, and they're presenting a, a cheque for twenty six thousand, no hundred and ninety seven euro, for their St Stephen Day swim in Mount Shannon. To Jigsaw. To Jigsaw. Emma Cavanagh presenting a cheque to Justin McDermott, fundraising manager of Jigsaw Limerick, which raised which was raised by St. Stephen's Day Swim in Mount Shannon Harbour picture alongside fundraisers Deirdre Carvey, Rachel Minogue, Kieran, Kieran Keenan, Angela Soko, Maeve O'Rourke and Leah Bubbler. And uh, so it was a marvellous uh, fundraiser for, for them. It, it was. It was really, great to see. It, it yeah. was. And we yeah. had Rachel and Leah in the... John and I had yeah. Rachel and Leah in the... Yeah, in the Saturday studio Chronicle. for Saturday Chronicle and congratulations to all of them and just to mention that Rachel is John S's granddaughter yeah, so yeah, yeah. Um, well done uh, to all of those girls the another photograph there some good rugby photos uh, <laughs> this year because they're I'm looking front page Pat, of the Clare Echo yeah the front page of the, uh, the Echo there are Monster Maidens in this rugby football club um, products Elena McInerney, Elish Cahill and Aoife Corey celebrated together on Saturday as Munster secured the ladies into a winter championship at the Sports Round in Galway with a comprehensive win over Connors and a 50-24 scoreline. Yeah, uh, and there was, um, uh, you had um, um, girls from Killaloo, uh, Maeve O'Leary, and you had uh, uh, the girls from, uh, the O'Halloran girls from Kilkishan as well on the team. So you had five girls from, from Clare on the, on the team. And David... And I see some of the matches and some of the matches. Uh, I think the, uh, uh, girls' sport now has, has really improved, even in the camogie and the, and, the, and the rugby and all that type of stuff. You know, the, yeah. It's really skillful. Oh, it's, it's so different to, to, to maybe a number of years ago when yeah. uh, standards have... Yeah, yeah. I see David is looking at that as well. Yeah, yeah. photograph on the back of the Clare Eva, Champion. Aoife Corey there on the front page of the Echo, and she's also on the back page, about to take um, a, a kick, I suspect, or else she's looking she's at the waiting, scrum. Waiting for the ball. Waiting, waiting for the ball. ball. Oh, yeah, waiting for the ball to come out. It's a lovely photograph by Willie O'Reilly. Um, but just on that point, Jim, just looking at the, the sports section, Women are, are getting a significant share of it because if you go into the sports section, they, they, they're there on page 18, another picture of Claire's Fidelma Mar Maranan. Yeah, Claire, Claire had a big win in Sligo last Ladies weekend. Football, That's yeah. right. Ladies football, yeah. And then Wexford, uh, there's a, we a Wexford game being pointed out as well. It's great to see, and then if you turn over the page, you have the Cratlow Camogie anniversary dance and all those pictures. So they're getting, they're getting the attention they probably deserve, I they, would they, say, Jim. Yeah, that they should have got maybe a long, long time ago. And you know, we want to be, I think we need to be sensitive to, the, to what happens to boys in the post-18-year age. Want. 
they're fully occupied and involved, very high, you know, in the level of involvement by boys. They're the figures, mm. okay? Mm -hmm. But post, what we call post minor, let's say 19, the fall off. Yeah. Begins to manifest for itself. boys or girls. Or boys, boys start boys. with but we know the figures well, for boys. Is yes. we need to get the figures for girls. They, 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 those figures become available now because mm. of the numbers. And you know, it's a pity there isn't attention. sort of social hurling or social absolutely yeah. where Abs it's not as competitive. Where you may not be as fish as you once were. Well, there there is to it kind of so in certainly in East Clare. There's Junior B and Junior yeah. C. Yeah. Now, Junior B, actually, years ago, Junior B was for lads on their way up or lads on their way yeah, down. No. Uh, I, I played football, Junior B football, with Why John S. <laughs> Which one was on the way up? Ah, was on the way down. <laughs> um, but it, there is Junior C now, which is really for lads who have retired a lot of them. And right? usually uh, the fellow on the way up, they had to be fast, the young fellow, they had to be fast. Uh, well, back in years ago, now I know what it would happen now that, but he'd get a scalp from, <laughs> from <laughs> another fella. He'd he go down. Keep up with him. <laughs> he'd go down. He'd be slowed <laughs> down to, to the other lad's pace. <laughs> but uh, no, it is, it's, I suppose, clubs as well, all of clubs, but I suppose GA clubs we're talking about, have a responsibility. I think, to, to provide for all their members. Mm, and yeah. if all their members, some of their members aren't good, high standard players, they need to provide mm, yeah. a, an outlet for them yeah. so that they can enjoy it. Exactly. Do you remember the situation that used to apply? A horrible, horrendous type of thing, where there might be 20 guys out uh, on the pitch, do you know? And uh, they're going to have a tennis side. So you and Jim are two captains. Oh yeah, and you, so you get first call, you get second yeah. call, you get third. And you end up to be the last person called. Yeah, yeah called. I mean, not when you think about it. Sure. That is that was horrible. The last it person was. called. Huh? It was absolutely. Okay, we we'll go on further. In we'll stick to East Clare now. Um, lighting black spots in East Clare. Fiona McGarry has a piece there, uh, particularly in the villages of Mount Shannon and Whitegate, uh, an assessment is to take place, whether it's needed, for, and, and maybe a lot of people think it is, to Pet upgrade the, light, the lighting. Pet Park is losing his way, is he down in Whitegate? Yes, well, and <laughs> <laughs> that is great for, for public nose. lighting and for cutting hedges. Yeah. And, he'll, and he'll, footpaths. And footpaths, exactly. Yeah. But, um, I'll tell you though one thing that's sad in a way. It's I, I realize the importance of public lighting in 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 kind of semi-urban areas, but it's drowning out the opportunity to see the stars. And really, the percentage of the world now that can't see the stars is frightening. Mm. People are growing up, and they will if they don't leave the town or the city, they will never see a star. And th there is something called light pollution. And it is a developing world. Like you, you look at a, an image of the globe and you'll see Dublin and you'll see Cork and you'll see London and New York and they're massive lights. So anyway, I, 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 <laughs> sometimes I don't like seeing lights going yeah. up in there's places, small villages like that. I was listening to the radio the other day. There's a, there a new initiative now to bring people out the dark areas of a, a nice clear night to see the, That's right. see the stairs yeah. and uh, just pick it up on all the world and 
and right. it's actually it's going to thicken up as a tourist attraction. Mm. Where you can go go to some somewhere really? maybe out exactly in the country but where there's no light. It's sad, it, in, in a way, it's a great thing, Pat. But it's also the, sad that you, can, that you have you can to view travel. the view the yeah. stairs. Yeah. And no better place than this part of Clare because yeah. generally we don't have a lot of lights around here. No, we don't, and, and the, the stars are visible for visible, most yeah. of East Clare. Mm -hmm. Pat, is there? A, did you mention a piece about the footpaths in Scarif, which yeah. will, will have come under? Uh, Joe Cooney. <laughs> Joe Cooney has a has a, has, has a bit there on on uh, on page four. Um, concern over the safety of stretch of Scarif footpath. Safety concerns on a stretch of footpath and Scarif promoted local councillor Joe Cooney to call for improvement works. When members of the Kildare District met last week, I asked rights Fiona McGarry. Councillor Joe Cooney asked that Clare County Council would carry out works on the Connors Road near Longest Funeral Home and that the entrance into the GE facilities in the interest of road safety. A written response from Derek Try, Senior Executive Engineer, said that arising from this motion of notice of motion, Kildare MD would undertake an inspection of the Connors Road Scarif uh, from the junction with the Market Square to the speed limit. Mr. Sry respond, response outlined that the inspection will review the existing footpaths in terms of accessibility and surface condition and examine the options for the provision of new footpath section where possible. Hmm. Well, yeah. I see there is a new footpath. I mean, we have to commend, I think, Scarif GEA for the way that the grounds have been presented. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And, I, yeah, and the, so, yeah. the footpath actually goes down. Right out to the road. It yeah. encompasses the yeah. footpath as well, past the ground. But um, no. Similarly, the Kildu uh, MD will undertake an inspection of Church Street Scarif to identify areas of improvement, in particular between the, the Little Bridge and the entrance to the J grounds. Yes, the footpath is quite narrow there. Mm. Can I move quickly to Tungraney? Because David is going to, and Luke, are going to have a lot of new neighbours very soon. Well, quite possibly, Jim. Uh, Tungraney Homes granted planning permission despite fears of population explosion. Some people might argue that a, pop, a, a population explosion is a good thing for schools and things. Others obviously have fears. Um, but anyway, this was an application for 52 homes on the Dock Road. This is down Redden's Quay for people who might know of it. Um, the planning application was submitted by Michael Pearl back in April last year. We would have reported on it. Um, there were six objections, including a, an organiz a group called the Redden's Key Residents. Uh, they, the, the council has granted planning permission for the 52 houses. A lot of, uh, a lot of money has to be paid in, in, in dues to the, in various dues or amounts um, to the council. Quite a lot of money. But um, we'll see now, I suppose, whether... There will be an appeal from the six. You can, you ha, you can only appeal to on board Panala if you have made an objection. Initially, yes. So it'll be interesting to see what will happen and whether the houses will be built. David, would it be, would it be a danger notice that Tom Grady would uh, overtake Scarif and get big up the Scarif? Some might argue, Pat, that Tom Grady always had overtaken on many different fronts. <laughs> <laughs> we have a secondary school and Scarif doesn't. Scarif was once part of Tom Grady. And too horrible. And too horrible. <laughs> Okay, I think we'll, before we come to blows, we'll, we'll leave it at that. Listen, thank you very much to everybody uh, for taking part today. Uh, one mention, Kean O'Brien. Uh, congratulations to him. Kean was a journalist 
with the Clare Echo and uh, has recently moved on to the Irish Mirror. Oh, so good. fair play Congratulations to him. Uh, yeah. Congratulations to Keen and every good wish with your career. Um, thank you to John S for joining us today. And My pleasure. Uh, also to Pat. Thanks, Jim. And to David. Pleasure, Jim. Thanks to Luke for uh, looking after the sound and engineering. And Pat is going to um, play us out with something. Well, we, we, next weekend we, we have the opening of the round of the Six Nations. And we're talking rugby there and on. So we'll have the men's senior Irish team next week then playing Wales. So we'll have Phil Coulter and the Celtic Tinnels with Ireland's call. Lovely. Oh, and, and we wish Ireland all the best. Okay, many thanks. Uh, we'll see you again with the help of God next Sunday at two o'clock. So from then, or from until then, goodbye and God bless. Come the day and come.